Good morning, everybody. So we read this week the parashah is Ba'et Hanan. And uh, the Ba'et Hanan is, we, 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 Moshe tells how he prayed. Ba'et Hanan, I beseeched Hashem. The rabbis tell us Moshe prayed 515 times. Hashem tells him not one more time. Uh, because uh, I, I guess, the, like Rabbi Abitan said, sometimes the answer is no. So the, the question is, Moshe prays all these 515 times. When did he pray? It says, Ba'etahi. So one opinion is, he prays after the, the war with, uh, with Sihon and Og. Another opinion is, he prayed when? He prayed at the time of the Miraglim. Because at the time of the Miraglim, and, and I think we read last week, and the question came up yesterday. The question came up yesterday. Moshe Rabbeinu says... He says that Gambi hit anaf Adonai biglalchem lemod. Also with me, Hashem was angry, saying, "Gam ata." Also you, Lord Tavosham, you won't go into the land. And he's referring Moshe Rabbeinu is referring to this when, when he's talking about the Meraglim. He says, "What do you mean, Hashem? When does Moshe get punished not to go into the land?" Only with uh, with uh, Memeriva, only with the, the the rock. So what's he saying? So the 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 Orachayim brings a beautiful answer. First he he quotes first the Ramban, and he says the Ramban is that we he, the Ramban asks the question. We don't find that Moshe Hashem became angry at Moshe then. So Ramban explains. In addition to your sin involving the spies, you committed another wrongdoing on a different occasion when you complained about the lack of the water at Memeriva. So Ramban is connecting one to the other. The Orachim HaKadosh is saying something very different. He's saying that once there was a sin of the Meraglim, Moshe Rabbeinu could not go into the land. Why couldn't he go into the land? He says because... Once Hashem says that the Bet HaMikdash can't be forever, if Moshe had gone into the land, Moshe Rabbeinu would have built the Bet HaMikdash and the Bet HaMikdash could not have been destroyed. And we know that the people would have instead of the sticks and stones. But then we see that what's the story of Memeriva? The Orach Haim brings that had Moshe done Memeriva right, had he spoken to the rock and done a Kiddush Hashem in Memeriva, then what would have happened? Then the edict against Bnei Israel from the Miraglim would have been lifted, and they would never have been thrown out of the land. So he says it's, it, it, he brings that. But then the question is, okay, so we're going to say Moshe Rabbeinu prayed. He prayed first on behalf of him, but on behalf of Bnei Israel. Dora Chaim brings what? What does it take for a prayer to be accepted properly? And he brings four conditions. He says, Echad one, Shiit Palel Keani Hadofek Al Hapetach. He says a person should pray like a pauper who knocks on a door seeking help. He says the person has to pray with utter and complete humility. He says, What's the second? Shivakesh Mimekor Harachamim. He has to appeal to the mercy of Hashem. He has to invoke Hashem's Rachamim. The third, Zemana Tifila. He has to do it at the right time. There's a specific time for him to, to, to give his Tifila. He says, and the fourth, He says that his prayer has to be explicit 
and not be capable of being misinterpreted. He brings an example. There's a Midrash that tells there's a certain Over Abodazara and a Jew, and they meet on the road. The Jew had been walking, his feet were very tired, and he prayed to Hashem, Please, Hashem, please, Hashem, I'm carrying my load. Please, Hashem, I'm so tired. Give me a donkey. He says, shortly thereafter, he's confronted by this Over Abodazara, who's more powerful than him. And what happened? And the, the donkey, the animal of the goy, just gave birth. And the Anas Israel, and he commanded the Jew, he commanded the Jew to take the baby donkey and carry it on his shoulder. So the Jew said, Well, my tefillah was accepted, but I didn't pray properly. I didn't specify whether I wanted a donkey that I would ride on or one that would ride on me. So he brings that a person should be very specific in his tefillah. The question often comes up, what does it take for a tefillah to be accepted? And uh, we, we were discussing it on Friday night, we were discussing when Hana goes to pray. When Hana goes to pray, she turns to Hashem when? When she had turned to her husband and her husband said to her, aren't I as good as ten sons? What did that mean? It meant that her husband was no longer going to pray for her. Her husband was saying, enough already. Except life as it is, you're not going to have children. When she realized that there was no one, and there's no one except Hashem, then she was able to turn to Hashem because she says, there's no one other than Hashem. Then her tefillah was accepted. We see also that a person has to have total and complete concentration in their tefillah. We discussed last week with the Kohen Gadol when the, when the person who kills accidentally goes to the Ir Miklat, to the city of refuge, he has to stay. He's staying in Iowa. He has to stay there until the Kohen Gadol dies. So every year, and before Yom Kippur, what does he do? He prays that when the Kohen Gadol goes into the Kodesh HaKadoshim Yom Kippur, he should mess up and he should die because then what happens? Then he gets released from Ir Miklat. He gets to go home. What happens? The mother of the Kohen Gadol distributes cookies in the ear miklat. I said, what do you mean? The cookies are going to make him not pray? No, but the cookies are going to make an imperfection in his tefillah. The same way we say the Kohen Gadol prays every year on Yom Kippur that Hashem shouldn't listen to the prayers of the traveler, of the traveling salesman. What does that mean? It says the traveling salesman every year, what does he do? He's worried. He's going from town to town. He doesn't want it to rain. If it rains, it's going to mess up his merchandise. It's going to mess up his traveling. It's going to mess up his wagon. The wheel's going to get stuck in the mud. It's going to potentially mess up his, his horse. So he prays that Hashem shouldn't bring rain. And the question is asked, 99.9% of the people are praying for rain. You're worried about this guy? Why? Hashem should be listening to the majority. He says, no, this guy's praying with to- total and complete kavanah. I don't want it to rain so I don't get messed up on the road. Therefore, the Kohen has to step in and, and has to pray on his behalf. I heard this week from Rabbi Feiner, he was telling a story. He said that there was a certain person, he suffered from uh, allergies, terrible, terrible allergies. And he said when pollen season came, it was an absolute nightmare for this person. There was nothing he could do. He had been to a dozen doctors, 
He had tried every medicine and still when pollen season came, he was a goner. Not only that, he went to see alternative medicine, he did acupuncture, he did everything and nothing worked for his allergies. Then he said one year, pollen season came early and they told him he's going to have this for two months. And he turned, he started, he said, he said, went to shul, he started crying to Hashem, please, I can't live like this. Please help me. And he prayed all day. He says the next day, his allergies disappeared. Nes Galui, miracle. He said at the same time, his wife was working for a government agency. And they all felt she was getting paid too little. She was doing much more work than anyone else in the office. But she was getting paid the least. She went to her bosses and she said, this is ridiculous. They said, you're right. We're going to work on it for you. And it worked on it. One month, two months, nothing happened. One year, nothing happened. So he said to his wife, let's pray. We prayed and I was cured. Let's pray. So they went together and they prayed to Hashem. Please, Hashem, fix it up with the salary. Nothing happened. And he said, he said to the rabbi, he said, I realized what the difference was. When it came to my allergy, I realized there was nothing that could be done. I had been to every doctor, everyone in the world, and I realized in Ormi Levado, only Hashem could help me. But with the salary, we still had faith that one of the people in the office would step in and do the right thing. And when that happens, you're not doing, you're not doing it. You're not doing the whole thing. You're not doing the right thing. It says that a person wants to have his tefillah answered. He has to be able... To, tell, to, 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 to completely go and to do the right thing. There's a very popular story, just to end with this. And it must have happened because I heard it at least a uh, hundred times. There's a certain person, he's learning in a kolel in, in, in Yerushalayim. And one day he's very depressed. And the Rosh Kolel comes to him and says, what's the problem? He says, Rabbi, I don't know what to do. He says, my wife is expecting Baruch Hashem, our sixth child. And we're still living in a one-bedroom apartment that we got when we got married. And I have absolutely no idea what to do. We're living in a one-bedroom apartment. We're going to now have, Baruch Hashem, a sixth child. We're going to have eight people in a one-bedroom apartment. It's impossible. He says, what what are you trying to do? He says, I tried everything. I tried my in-laws. I tried my parents. I tried to borrow money. I went to the bank. I looked. I just can't do it. I just have no ability. I'm living in the kolel, just on the kolel. I'm just able to pay my bills. Thank God I own this apartment that was given as a gift. But even if we sell this apartment, we still need a ton of money to buy another apartment. I don't know what to do. The rabbi says, you tried everything? He says, I tried everything. He says, so put your faith in Hashem. Go now to the kotel and pray. Just throw everything at Hashem. So he says, he left to the kotel at lunch from the kolel. He stood in the front, he went up to the wall and he started to pray and cry and plead with Hashem that he needed help to find an apartment. He says all of a sudden he's finishing his tefillah. He's there standing for an hour with tears. A man taps him on the shoulder. He says to him, I'm watching you for the last hour praying. What's going on? What's the problem? And he tells the man exactly what happened. The man said, I'm a wealthy man from America. I came to Israel and I said, Hashem just blessed me. I'm going to do a chesed for somebody. How much do you need to sell your apartment, buy the new one? He says, I need a million shekel. 
He says, it's $250,000. He says, yeah. Takes out his checkbook. He writes him a check for $250,000. He hands him the check. He tells him, Baruch Hashem, go and get the apartment. The man can't believe it. He comes back to the kolel. He's crying to the rabbi. How did you know you're a Navi? How did you know? The rabbi said, I didn't do anything. The next day, everyone in the kolel at lunch takes the bus and goes to the kotel. And they're all praying to Hashem, whatever they want, they're praying. If his tefillot were answered at the kotel, our tefillot should be answered. They all come back and they're all upset. Nothing happened. The rabbi that night, he gives a class to the kolel. He says, you're all wondering why when Moshe went to the kolel, went to the wall, his prayers were answered and all of you, your prayers weren't answered. And he says, the difference is this. When Moshe went to the, to the wall, went to the kotel to pray, he was praying that Hashem should help him and then the gevir Hashem sent. But when you went to the kotel, all of you were praying that some gevir should tap you on the shoulder and should give you the gift the same way that he got his gift. If you want your prayers answered, you have to know the prayers have to be directed to Hashem complete wholeheartedly and od mi levado and bezrat Hashem, we do that, Hashem will answer our prayers. But we should pray this week that Hashem should bring Mashiach. We shouldn't have Tisha B'Av. And we should see the building of the Ben HaMikdash. Amen. Amen.